0: I'd like to dedicate this episode of the podcast on First Nations rights to Braden Buford Roy Pheasant, a young First Nations man, a friend of mine from high school who passed away way too soon. He was the most proud Indigenous man I have ever known in my life, and he's taught me so much over my time knowing him. Though we grew apart, Over the years, he has taught me a lot and I keep him in my thoughts. Rest in peace, Brayden. Hello everybody and welcome to the Cool Side of the Pillow podcast. My name is Jamie and in this podcast I interview my friends, family, and even strangers about their passions and hobbies in life. We'll talk about movies, music, sports, cooking, and so much more. So join me as I dive into the world of the geeky, nerdy, and niche on the cool side of the pillow. And now, without further ado, over to future Jamie with his guest. Take it away, Jamie. Before this episode starts, I'd just like to give a heads up that the audio for some of it might be a little bit choppy, but I hope that does not deter you from listening. This is a very important topic and a very important discussion. I learned a lot from it, and I hope you do as well. It's all about First Nations rights and uh, in Canada and a lot of discussion therein. Please don't let the subpar audio problems uh, deter you from listening. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Cool Side of the Pillow podcast. My name is Jamie, and I'll be your host for this evening, or this day, uh, depending on when you listen to this. And with me today, I have a very special guest, a very important guest, a very influential guest, I I believe, at least, uh, and that is Hazel. Hazel, how are you doing today?
1: I love for having me.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, it's very nice to see you it's very exciting to talk about the topic that we have in store today and that is First Nations rights in Canada Uh, specifically in Canada because that's where we're based and that's where you are kind of focused I would assume is that Mm -hmm. correct in saying
1: yes yeah
0: all right so First Nations rights I'm definitely ignorant to a lot of the That aspect of the world but I'd like to get some kind of initial thoughts initial you know an an understanding of maybe what 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 drove you down this path and stuff so so yeah what 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 guided you in on this journey towards First Nations rights and stuff in Canada
1: yeah so Unfortunately, I wasn't educated very well on the subject in high school. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I started university that I learned about residential schools and their multi-generational effect on First Nations communities in Canada. And it wasn't even in in the course that I took, it was research for an essay that I learned about residential schools. Mm And I I thought, why, you know, why is this not taught? You know, it's just like the Holocaust in Germany. It's taught in school about what a horrific, um, you know, multi-year event circumstance it was. Mm -hmm. Um, Why is this not being taught? Why did I only know about this at 18 years old? And I started to do my own research and I took some sociology courses where um, there were documentaries and essays and such put into the curriculum, uh, about First Nations issues in Canada. And it just really made me determined to, to learn more and to, you know, just seek out info and seek out how I can better myself and better other people's understandings and, you know, help, help make Canada more an understanding and accepting place for our First Peoples, you know?
0: -hmm I, I think it's really I think what you said at the beginning of like how you didn't learn about it in in high school at all and it 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 had to come from you actively seeking it out for an assignment that like for an essay that you you had to write I think that's a big very upsetting I guess flag in red flag in, in the the systems that are put in place right now Um but I think it's really admirable of what you're uh, of like your kind of deep dive into that Uh, uh, kind of based on that are you of any Native heritage like ancestry at all or is this just something that you saw and dove into
1: yeah so I'm I'm not of First Nations descent at all Um, I'm you know Irish, French, German, et cetera, you know, as, as uh, Euro-Canadian as they come. Um, But no, I, I don't know. I just, um, I, when I was a kid, I watched, you know, things like Little House on the Prairie and various movies where you see like the the Indians in America. And even then I thought, you know, why, why are they so hated? You know, why it, it just didn't it didn't seem right to me even as a kid um you know so then as an adult um it yeah it just it's just something i'm I'm really passionate about and I I try to spend you know my my free time and time that I have to spare in my life better educating myself
0: yeah I really again I find that really admirable I would love to yeah. dive deeper into like like learning about that stuff because as we, as we already talked about, the, the kind of education system s- implementation of First Nations, just general things about like the real happenings of First Nations people is so under uh, represented and under talked yeah. about. So yeah. I think that it, I, I kind of want to dive into that a little bit more and, and just get your opinions on the education system. Uh, regarding First Nation stuff. Is there something that, like, you believe is super lacking in representation or presentation in in school and stuff?
1: So I'm going to start on a more positive note. I've been really pleased, at at least my teaching program has handled – how our future educators are being taught. So I'm, I'm in Teachers College at York London, and I found that a lot of my profs are, you know, teaching tolerance and acceptance and you know how we can decolonize the classroom, how we can better represent and positively represent uh, First Nations people, First Nations beliefs, um, the importance of bringing in, um guest speakers so it's not just reading from a textbook you're listening from people in the community um and you know bringing in beliefs of like the medicine wheel and uh you know doing doing research of our own to see how we can bring you know beliefs of the truth and reconciliation commission into our classroom and um you know is an upcoming, you know, a lot of teachers nowadays who've, who've been teaching for 30 years, they don't really see the importance of that. You know, there's a lot of, oh, I don't have any first nations kids in my class. Why do I have to do the land acknowledgement? Why do I have to add these into my classroom? Mm -hmm. But I find that, you know, even if, even if you're in a hundred percent white Saskatchewan and a rural area, something like that, it's so important to bring these beliefs and concepts and education into the classroom if nothing else but it eliminates or mitigates the the stereotypes the assumptions you Mm -hmm. know the whole you know first nations are just drunks who don't care well that's not true and if Mm -hmm. you really understood you know the the systemic discrimination in canada you'd understand how certain first nations people have been oppressed and you know so all of All of that starts in the classroom and obviously it needs to be age appropriate, but part of the truth and reconciliation commission talks about how to address residential schools in the classroom. So say grade one, you talk about, you know, the, food and traditions and dancing and, you know, not just from 300 years ago, but today, you know, Mm -hmm. powwows and, and things like that. And then as you get into kind of the junior grades, like grade six to eight, you can talk about how, you know, there were boarding schools where children were treated very badly. And then in high school, you know, you you need to get into the more like sexual and emotional abuse and stuff like that, you know? So it's not like tell children that, first nations kids were sexually abused at a school it needs to be age appropriate but mm-hmm. these these steps are being taken already it's you know it's written in a document in the trc already and it's up to teachers today to implement that into their classrooms
0: yeah i was i was going to say uh, you were talking about how the teachers uh, like the hypothetical teachers like why should i do the the land acknowledgement and stuff if there's no native people in my school um, or in my class, or whatever, and I feel like there in me, uh, at least, young when I was a younger kid in school and stuff. That kind of well, one, it didn't really like it wasn't something that I thought about consciously because First Nation stuff wasn't really dived into a lot in school. But I also like looking back on it, I realized that there was likely at least a First Nations person or maybe multiple in my classes. And uh, that just might may- maybe like we're white passing or didn't like, or we're like, like mixed race or something like that. And it's something that I just never considered. And I think that that's something that you might not know exact like lineage of people or what people are like, what people like recognize themselves to be. Like if you're white passing, but good. Cause I'm a white passing man, but I'm, of Arab descent and I'm very in touch with my Arab heritage and no- nobody would guess that I'm like an Arab person. So they would, they wouldn't like consciously think about that in my presence. But I think that it's something that it's, it, it's something that we should be teaching kids because whether or not there are native people in the classes also, because there's, you know, TV shows and stuff put out these, these like really, really, Problematic presentations of native people, and if that's all you're seeing of them, instead of like being or talking about them or bringing them up in class in Mm -hmm. like a real, real way, Mm -hmm. then it's just going to be that that takes over the their perception. Mm -hmm. And I think that you you really touched on that, and I think that that's a really important aspect of it. Another thing you touched on, which I want to dive into more. Yeah. is, uh, we've talked about this a little bit outside of, uh, this podcast, uh, you and I, but the medicine wheel, I want to dive yes. into that kind of mentality and that kind of teaching. Yeah. Uh, so can you explain that to me? Cause I'm pretty, uh, unfamiliar with it.
1: Sure. So, um, so the medicine wheel is basically I I don't want to, I don't want to describe it wrongly, but to my knowledge, it's, you know, our our connection to the earth um, and our connection to ourselves uh, physically, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. So in the context of education, I learned how can we support students physically, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually you know, Mm -hmm. and the medicine wheel itself, you know, it has the four seasons. It has the four, you know, directions, North, South, East, West. It has, um, four different colors, uh, yellow, red, black, and white. And it's all about balance and kind of equilibrium and harmony in nature. Okay. Um, Yeah. So, um, it's, it's a really cool concept and, Yeah, it's, you know, it has kind of four of everything, which is the, the, the balance. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really important for me to think about, you know, in a math lesson, in a French lesson, in gym class, you know, how am I supporting my students? Um, and everyone has different needs. You know, some may have more emotional needs, some have more physical needs and, you know, how, how am I, how am I best um, fostering students' potential and and meeting their needs in the classroom? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I, I really like that. I think that that the idea of you know ba- that that balance between those four elements is is something really interesting because I was looking it up before uh, this you know discussion this talk, um, and I saw a few different like kind of I I looked up some pictures of it and images and stuff and they all kind of they all like follow the same idea Mm -hmm. but they looked a little bit different they were like slightly you know it I guess it would be something to the effect that different I guess like communities or different tribes or whatever kind Mm -hmm. of view it in different ways or, or kind of have crafted it differently um is do you do you know if that's true
1: I, I believe so. I have seen different ones as well. Um, I recently bought a, a laptop sticker of a medicine wheel and it's kind of just the the lines around the outside and then in the middle, but then not filled in in the center, but I've seen other ones okay. that are full kind of quarter of a circle of white, yellow, uh, black, and red. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I can only assume that you know different communities Uh, draw it a different way um but I I can't say more than that
0: yeah um I I think that uh, I kind of want to go back to your um your your background not being uh of native heritage um of native Canadian heritage um Mm -hmm. and just kind of dive in a little bit more to that because I know that you're so uh you're, you're very active in the native community and stuff like that. And we'll get into, into your business in, in a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but I just want to kind of ask a bit of a, maybe an uncomfortable topic or, or, or a tough topic, but um, I just want to know if it feels uncomfortable or, or odd being like a white person so active in the, like this native space because I don't know how how it is for you, so I'd like to know.
1: Yeah, so I mean, to be honest, I don't know. I don't really know anyone personally who is who is First Nations who lives on a reserve. I know a few people who are um, who pass as white, but who have First Nations heritage, but don't live on a reserve. And um, you know, I I'm not visiting reserves and kind of being physically in a, mm-hmm. a First Nations community space. Um, so for me, I, I don't, I don't feel that I've like felt uncomfortable, like kind of not invading, like pushing into their space because mm-hmm. I'm kind of in my own space, educating myself. On their communities, okay. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and then even in with my with my cause, um, I'm sending supplies, but I I don't you know fly out to see them as well. It would be nice. I would love that to mm-hmm. to meet the communities um, and the the students who receive the stuff. But um, it's it's been more indirect contact. Um, so really, with my I guess mission in general, my beliefs is is more kind of educating my community so that everyone in Canada can be more accepting and more tolerant you know
0: yeah yeah I really yeah that's I think that's important and, and I, I do hope that uh, you do get to visit the locations that uh, you know you're sending stuff to um, because I'm I feel like that would be an incredible experience just to kind of yeah. see it like In person rather than over stuff. Because let's let's dive into that actually now that we're talking about it. Um, so you have a uh, you have a business or you work with a business. How how is this uh, yeah, happen?
1: So it's I mean I don't I don't really call it a business because like I don't it's none of the money's for me. Um, Mm -hmm. so I I really just call it kind of my cause. Um, and I've named it Northern Supplies for Success. And I started this last September. I was um, you know, just thinking about uh, myself starting teachers college and you know, I had everything I needed, but I didn't feel that it was right that so many Canadian kids, particularly in Newtese uh, First Nations, Métis, Inuit communities uh, that didn't have the supplies they needed to start school. Uh, so I posted on my Instagram and my Facebook saying, you know, I had this idea, I would like to raise a little bit of money to send some supplies. Would anyone like to help me out with this? And right away I got like $200 worth of e-transfers. It was amazing. Wow. And yeah. Um, and I started buying, um, particularly backpacks, uh, school supplies like paper. Pencils market set um, and hygiene products so pads and tampons mm-hmm. and I was you know as transparent as possible I posted pictures of what I bought and I was you know telling people about my progress and then I was worried about where like how I would ship everything and the cost of that yeah so I was reaching out to different communities and I got a response from a representative from True North Aid who um their their mission, you know, kind of similar to mine, but on a grander scale, is to support uh, First Nations communities across Canada, especially ones that, um, you know, have difficult road access or only a fly-in access, yeah. things like that. Uh, and they offered to pay for the shipping, which was insane. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. Um, so since last September, I've done five pretty large shipments. I started sending Uh, gently used winter clothing and like coats and boots as well uh because it's you know very cold up north
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um and I've been sending some like flat rate Canada post boxes to far north Nunavut I have a a contact there who teaches grade seven yeah so I've been sending her she wanted in particular art supplies so things that we can just get at the dollar store but cost a fortune up there like plasticine um like tongue depressors uh paint things like that yeah
0: yeah yeah i remember i remember when i was younger uh i don't remember what grade or anything like that but i remember watching some or a few different like videos in class of native life i guess more north uh than us here and and like how insane the like like money gap is between things we have here and, and things over there. And it like, it shook me really yeah. to, to a crazy extent, but it's, it's really awesome that you can, that you're, you're able to already not even a year in, and you're already reaching so many different places all around Canada. Is this something that you'd like to, um, to like take to America eventually? Is it something, cause I'm sure you want to grow this more and more and more but is this something you want to take all around the world or do you want to keep it localized in Canada more than anything else?
1: Um, I would be definitely interested in sending things further. Um, I've been focusing on Canada just because like in America, it's, there's places that are remote but everything is accessible by car you know mm-hmm. like in in canada it's it's a lot harder to get supplies up to the northernmost areas like in the territories yeah. um and thus things cost a fortune whether it's menstrual pads whether it's like ground beef whether you know anything yeah. like that it costs so much because of the the cost to get it there mm-hmm. um i i do i do want to continue as much as i can um particularly sending, um, sending the flat rate boxes, because although it's a smaller amount of supplies, I can send them to more communities than just the five I sent large amount to, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm still kind of reaching out to, I, I reached out to, you know, like, Counselors in Oakville, uh, various like minor celebrities on Instagram. A lot of them don't answer my DMs, sure. but a couple did. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I've received a lot of support. I've I've raised um, about thirty five hundred dollars at this point, and. Wow. Thanks, um, And a lot of people have have bought supplies. Um, so it's, it's really more than that, because, you know, people have the choice of donating on my website, you get like a tax receivable donation, mm-hmm. or, um, or they, you know, you can go to Walmart and buy a backpack and a pencil case or whatever. Uh, and people have been dropping stuff off. And the local cinema was a huge help as well, because um, in January, um, a local newspaper or the, the Oakville Beaver, did a little piece on me and like a photographer came and cool. took pictures of supplies yeah um and then the local cinema offered to be kind of a drop-off point so in February and March I had tons and tons of stuff that people were dropping off which was amazing yeah, that's great. so yeah it was more than just the that amount of money because lots of supplies were given as well
0: yeah that's great I, I mean I'm sure there's tons of people who've got like like leftover stuff that they don't use anymore it's probably still great quality that yeah. like uh because we're such a consumerist culture right so you like yeah. get something get bored with it put it aside so that all that stuff must be really like uh coming in coming in handy at this point uh, yeah that that there's like this and it's it, it, it's been less than a year since you've been doing this too which is it's insane to, to think about. It seems like, cause like, it seems like every couple like months or whatever, I I check Facebook and I see like another shipment has gone out and stuff. And it seems like you've done so much like great impact already that it seems way like it's been around way longer than just, uh, than just under a year than like (laughs) eight months or however long it's been. Like that's really, really impactful. I hope you're very proud of, you. of this because it's, I'm proud of what you do.
1: Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm proud of of what I've been able to accomplish. And I'm also just so grateful to my community, whether it's my social media community or like in Oakville where I live in Toronto, you know, people have been so generous and I was, blown away at the outpouring of support you know when I mentioned what I was doing to my church I got a lot of of contributions and you know various friends have been so generous Um, and it's it's nice you know amid all of the horrific things that are happening nowadays it's nice to feel like I can do some good you know
0: yeah yeah especially during during COVID and stuff it must yeah yeah especially they must be pretty hard hit there as well uh in in certain like reserves and and uh yeah. stuff like that so this must be a real a real lifesaver for a lot of them um yeah. which is awesome um just also wanna where we can hear you but sometimes you freeze and then say your sentences really quick because it like it gets the audio but like it pauses for a sec so just oh, okay. for the audience uh, listening uh just be wary of that it's it's happened a few times but it's nothing crazy big deal uh nothing in need of repetition i don't think okay
1: okay but uh, so i can i can speak slower if that works
0: um i don't think i don't think really there's anything we can do i think it's just connection yeah but uh but yeah um so kind of hmm I, I want to make sh- make this clear that I want to put all your information in all of the posts and stuff that I do promoting this. It'll be in the Spotify and everything like that. So oh, we can hopefully get more eyes on, uh, on your cause and get more people to, to check it out and, and support. I appreciate um, that. But I want to kind of get an idea of how long the process was in crafting the this you know come this cause and and Mm -hmm. building on the northern supplies yeah I guess
1: (laughs) so yeah it yeah it was it was early September last year I hadn't really started school and it was actually I forgot to mention earlier it was a tweet in particular that I saw that kind of got me on this track um and it's it showed a picture of um a pack of lined paper and a few pencils and like maybe like three things and it said this is what 25 dollars gets you in in Nunavut basically um and it was a it was a tweet from a parent who was buying supplies and I thought you know this isn't fair because you can go to the dollar store and buy a 24 pack of pencil crayons for like two dollars you know you can buy a pack of paper for $1.50. And here they are spending $25 for virtually nothing. Um, So that, yeah, that got me on the path to, uh, you know, posting and kind of creating uh, my, creating a platform and asking for help from various communities. Like I said, my my church and my friends. Mm -hmm. uh, And I think it was in, early October that True North Aid made my donation website. So they asked for a few photos from me and a quick blurb about, you know, what my goals are and who I am. Um, And then each shipment kind of happened every few months because, you know, I was in school, but with COVID, I had no commute, no anything. So I had time to devote to this. Yeah. And it was time consuming because of you know, the, the packing and the boxing, taping, labeling, but it just, it felt really good when I put all the boxes into our minivan and sent them off to the warehouse. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, I, I was able to post, like you said, I, I posted, you know, each time and just a little description about each one. And then it was so nice to get a message from the community or, or through my contact at true north aid mm-hmm. i i got uh you know a few photos of kids wearing the clothing that i uh, sent up or nice. you know with a with a bag full of school supplies things like that it was mm-hmm. really nice to see
0: so you're are you you're packing all this stuff up and collecting all this stuff yourself or do you have like a small team of people or is it just all you all the time and then sending it out to true north aid
1: so my unofficial team is my parents. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: um, so it's really, it's, it's just like, it's me. It's, it's my thing. Mm. My parents have been super generous with helping me pack, helping me uh, label, you know, there's a lot of cutting and taping yeah. um, loading heavy boxes of, uh, because uh, I started doing book children's books as well because okay. uh, if people donated them I'm like yeah I will absolutely send those I can uh, definitely
0: send some of those as well so I might do that nice. that's great
1: um, yeah so um, you know whether it was packing upstairs loading everything into the minivan driving there with me um, I had a few friends who would go shopping with me we'd go to Walmart or the dollar store and and pick out supplies uh so i've i've had you know members of my you know close circle have been so so generous in their support um but yeah it's it's kind of a it's kind of my passion project that i've been doing the past year but i can't take all of the credit because so many people have helped so much
0: yeah for sure and you uh you said you have a you have a website as well uh just for the viewers what uh where can they go to support this i'll put them again i'll put the links in uh in everything but
1: yeah so it's on the true north aid website uh it's a little complicated to say verbally it's like slash northern dash supplies dash for success um but uh yeah if if you look on the true north aid website you'll be able to search for my cause and uh and it'll come up with with my name and and my kind of description
0: okay good that's i'm 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 really it's really awesome that like true north aid and you have kind of like united in this in in the cause that's a a nice like extra level of support and yes you know affirmation that that what you're doing is is working and stuff so that's that's really awesome
1: yeah i couldn't have done it without them my parents um who you know they'd said from the beginning oh we, we will donate some to you as well they offered to pay for the shipping which was so generous but with true north aid it's allowed me to do more than one shipment so i yeah i really couldn't have done it without them
0: yeah um i wanted to i wrote it down somewhere and i can't find it um yes okay so other than going uh through like your uh northern supplies uh for success or true north aid um, what, wh- what would you, what could you suggest for people like me or other people who aren't really either educated or, um, as educated as they'd like to be in how they can, you know, support or learn or, you know, evolve in understanding native life and native issues and stuff?
1: Yeah. So one thing that I I need to do more, um, well, I'm gonna say everybody needs to read the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. I've read some of it. I need to read the whole thing.
0: It's a big document.
1: It is a big document. It is time yeah. consuming, but even just a little bit, you know, it, it yeah. lays out what um, First Nations communities are asking of the government, you know, following the Red Schools. Um, what we can do in, in politics, in the classroom, in our communities, you know, it, it's pretty specific in, in what they need from the non-Native community. Um, I also think following, um, whether it's artists or athletes on Instagram, um, it's it's really cool to see First Nations life and culture today, you know, like we, we learned about you know, longhouses and, and stuff that, that took place hundreds of years ago. And, you know, the, the matriarchal society that's, you know, still in place today, but less is And I remember hearing on the radio, a, a CBC interview that a first nations person talked about how in her school, she learned all those things. And as a first nations person, she couldn't really identify with it because it wasn't how she lived today. Yeah. So, um, I actually follow um, a couple Americans on Instagram. They live in Arizona, and they founded Well for Culture. Um, it's uh, I think the the yeah the Instagram is Well for Culture, and then the two of them are uh, Thosh Collins and uh, Chelsea Luger, and they post a lot of, you know, how to stay how to stay fit and um, what's really cool is they have a gym that's like outside they use rocks, they use logs. Oh, cool. And it's, yeah. So it's being one with nature while supporting your own body, which is very cool.
0: That's really um, cool.
1: Yeah. And they have two daughters. Um, and I read an article about how the father is going to pass on all of the traditions typically passed from father to son to his two daughters um, to kind of uh, push the boundaries of, of what children can learn, um, mm-hmm. which which I thought was really cool. So like, you know, their three-year-old is like doing archery in the backyard kind of thing and wow. like throwing, <laughs> throwing like little toy axes and stuff. That's cool. Um, yeah. And then um, there's um, Decolonize Myself is a good Instagram account that just talks about current issues. You know, um, when... Um, when the the Governor General, uh, who's the first um, first First Nations person to to step into that role, like they post a lot about that, which is amazing, um, but also things that are chronic issues like um, communities not having clean water in Canada somehow still today, and things mm-hmm. like that. So a lot of my education right now is coming from articles that they post on their Instagram, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, there's there's lots and lots of different First Nations accounts, and a lot of them say like, "Hey, you want to educate yourself? Here's six different accounts to follow," um, and that's really good. Uh, and then you know, also artists like uh, Wild Rabbit Beads, one of my favorites. She sells earrings that are beaded, and you know, she's incredibly talented. And it's mm-hmm. also you know really important to support First Nations uh, small businesses as well. Um, yeah, so those are those are kind of some some that I would recommend.
0: I love that a lot. I'm definitely gonna check out Well for Culture and decolonize myself, um, on on Instagram, because uh, they both sound really cool. The uh, the Well for Culture as well uh, is is catching my eye the most. Yeah. I think, because that sounds really cool. Um, yeah. I, I'm 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 gonna kind of tangent a little bit myself because I I just want to talk about. Um, I guess I think it might be the first like the first class that I've ever taken that is like that was like like dived in with indigenous culture. Um, I took it last year around the time when you started your your stuff, uh, funny enough, for the first semester of my final year. And it was called Reconciling Literature at York. Uh, It was an incredible class especially for like for learning a lot of the aspects of indigenous culture that I didn't know Mm -hmm. I learned I like we read a bunch of books we read a lot a large amount of the truth and reconciliation uh committee like papers and stuff yeah um and it was just um I've asked a few questions for my questions of the day about like favorite artist indigenous artist or native you know Uh, author or actor or whatever it may be Um, and that's where I kind of found a lot of the indigenous works that I had no other clue about until that class like so many incredible novels and stories and stuff that blew my mind with how well they were written and how much I was invested in them and it was just something so impactful on I guess like opening my, my mind to something I had zero basically clue about you know yeah. so I just had to shout that out I guess Absolutely. Uh, here because yeah. it was uh it was really impactful and I think that if you go to York um anybody who's listening to this or you're planning on it or whatever check out that class for sure because it was an absolute joy to to do and learn about something that I was so unfamiliar with basically
1: that's incredible i'm glad you had that experience and i'm glad that york is offering courses like that you know more universities need to do that
0: i agree i agree and i i think that there's a lot of courses that are even in like high school and stuff that are kind of they they could very easily fit indigenous aspects into what they do like dance classes singing classes and stuff like that they have lots of different things that you can kind of explore a whole new culture in Mm -hmm. that i think should be more prevalent i guess
1: absolutely well one thing i noticed in like i was reading the curriculum to lesson plan this past year and English and French curriculum is not like teach this book, at least in primary school. It's like you need to teach these skills, reading, writing, speaking, and listening. Mm-hmm. So we can really use whatever resources we want. We can do Metis literature in French, you know, yeah. and read and read that with our class. So I'm I'm really excited to. Highlight a lot of different voices, you know, obviously from France and Quebec, but also French-speaking other other French-speaking countries and uh, French-speaking First Nations communities. Uh, and I'm glad that it doesn't stipulate, you know, read this book that's been taught for the last 50 years. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I really, yeah. I think that's a really important aspect as well. The because there's again, there's so many different places that Indigenous culture and indigenous works and stuff intermingle so like heavily with the stuff that we learn already so why not switch something out put something new by a different person who's experienced different things in yeah instead of like you know i had an episode on shakespeare and i like shakespeare but like you know along with shakespeare something completely different that explores a whole different culture Yep. yeah um Absolutely. so i mean that's the the gist of a lot of my questions i've got some about like uh like recommendations and stuff of, of movies and shows and i know you have a lot uh, of shows that uh uh that you'd like to to talk about so let's let's get into that a little bit um yeah. some main recommendations for books or shows or movies yeah. or whatever have you
1: Sure. So um, I'm going to start a little more generally, and uh, some people might might chuckle. But things like I'm going to say Twilight, because they hired First Nations people to play the characters who live on the reserve. You know, yeah. they could they could have just hired tan white people, but they didn't. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, and a lot so many shows and movies do. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so hiring people who represent the culture. Um, also, uh, the second Frozen movie had a native Scandinavian community. Um, oh, and wow. Yeah, the, nice. the Northuldra are, um, yeah, are a, a native community. That's cool. um, well, I don't think they're, I don't think they're called that, but um, mm. it, they were based off of a native community. Okay. Um, and, you know, the narrative in that plot line that the people in the kingdom thought that the Nathaldra had caused the attack when it was really the king and his men who had attacked them yeah. and that the forest would not settle until truth came out. Yeah. And I just, I, I recognize the parallels of today in that plot line, you know? Yeah. Um, one show that I've, I've told you about that I think is really important for people to watch is Burden of Truth. Um, it's a, a Canadian law program set in a fictional town in Manitoba. Um, and there's a number of First Nations actors who are leads in the show. And not only that, but each season discusses a different issue that impacts First Nations people. So uh, one of the main characters is accused of murder and experiences you know, the injustices of our legal system in Canada as a First Nations woman, and, you know, in um, our foster care system in Canada, there's so much inequality and injustices, and, you know, there's another character who faces that, and um, land rights as well, you know, there's a company that's trying to buy off a woman and her land um and she doesn't want to sell it but they want to build this big mining corporation you know so mm-hmm. a lot of those things are very relevant nowadays and you know speak to issues that need to be addressed in Canada um and it's, it's just in my opinion it's a very well-made Canadian show and I quite enjoyed it it's on Netflix Um, and cbc gem so it's available to all canadians i (laughs) I also
0: believe it's on uh, amazon prime video
1: oh good good okay i didn't know that okay cool unless this is a
0: different thing called burden of truth which it very well might be because i'm sure uh is kristen croik in it
1: yes yes okay so
0: yes it's also on uh on uh, uh amazon prime
1: that's great that's great Okay. So that's cool. Very
0: ex- that means there's so many ways that we all can watch and educate ourselves. Yes. Um. There's another one <laughs> that I wanted to bring up because I haven't watched it, but I've seen it around on billboards and stuff. Uh. Here, I don't remember what it's called, but there was a. Uh, there's this show. It seems like a like a comedy or maybe a dramedy or something with uh, native people, and it came out or is coming out soon or recently, and it oh i'm so mad that i don't remember this um it has two lead uh native uh actors i think an act yeah two two lead i'm just gonna look i'm just gonna look up native native come on computer come on computer native led tv shows I hope it comes up because it was, it looks really cool. It looks very interesting. And I wanted to know if you heard about it or seen it around, but I guess it doesn't want to show up. Goodness. I don't remember anything else about it, but I remember lots of praise about it. Okay. And I want to, oh, this is upsetting. Golly. Okay. Well, if i figure it out i guess i'll put it on the on the thing
1: yeah sounds good i'll
0: I'll post oh i'll shout it in the you know comments and stuff of the things i post golly okay any any other um shows or movies
1: uh there Uh, is a new show that I haven't seen yet, but I, I want to. I don't know if it's available in Canada yet, but it's called Rutherford Falls.
0: That's the um, one. Oh, is
1: that it? Okay. That's
0: the one, yes, 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 Rutherford oh, Falls.
1: Yes, yes. So I'm I'm really excited to see it because I mean, Ed, Ed Helms is always super funny and I've I've never seen anything with Yana, um, is it Jana or Yana uh, Sch- Schmieding, I think her name is. Um, but uh yeah no it looks amazing and you know it's relevant as well because you know a lot of people stick really tightly to we need to keep these statues because these people did some good things so it's like yeah well they also did a lot of terrible things and we've had them up for like a hundred years you know
0: yeah i thought this was a canadian thing but uh, it's an american one okay okay
1: yes it's on peacock which i i don't know if that's available in canada it's not
0: we don't okay. have, we don't have peacock in canada okay um but that's if you live in America, I think America is the only place that gets Peacock. So if you live in oh, America, yeah. check it out, please. Cause, and then tell me how it is because it looks really interesting and a sitcom. I'm all about sitcoms. So yeah, you know, but that's really cool. I, ha- I was like hundred percent sure it was a Canadian show and I don't know why. Oh yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean
1: a lot of, a lot of people don't realize how many first nations people there are in America you know, Mm -hmm. like when, when we say First Nations issues, I feel like we just think immediately Canada. Um, But there were there were residential schools in America, they were called boarding schools. And there are a lot of of First Nations communities as well. Like um, the the guy of the partnership who run well for culture one of his posts on instagram said oh when you think of arizona you probably think of like the grand canyon and where old people retire but there's actually a really flourishing first nations population there Mm -hmm. um, with lots to offer you know yeah yeah
0: that's uh that's really awesome i love so much of that do you have any book recommendations because i've got a few that i would like to just say as well but if you've got any
1: yeah um not books in particular i need to find more i you know lots of articles i've read um you know if you google how to decolonize the classroom there's lots and lots of stuff to read Mm -hmm. but go for it with your book recommendations Um, i want to hear too
0: yeah so in the class that i took there were two that were standouts for me and that was the marrow thieves by um oh something cherry something cherry something cherry and it's slipping my mind but uh there's that uh the marrow thieves which is kind of like a dystopian future but like a dystopian novel but uh with native uh characters which is which is such a cool twist on on that stuff yeah um and then there's um golly um i I like just forgetting things right when I record. Isn't that fun? Isn't that great? Monkey Beach is the name of the other one uh, by okay. Eden Robinson. An, an exceptional story. Probably my favorite book I've ever read, ever. Uh, uh, it was uh, so interesting and told a great story, um, and it felt so real. And you connect with the characters really, really deeply. Mm-hmm. And it and it doesn't shy away from a lot of the the issues that uh, are faced by indigenous communities and indigenous people, but it doesn't like, th- one of the things that I find in a lot of representation of indigenous people is it is it's like, they are like kind of dictated by those parts of like their culture, but mm-hmm. this shows them as real people with a whole bunch of yeah. different like characterizations that just often face a lot of the same things or, a lot of things impact them all in different ways which is absolutely incredible and the last one I want to talk about is one I did for an ISP for school called uh the medicine shows okay it's like it talks about indigenous performance and stuff okay uh and it's by Yvette Nolan a very uh popular Canadian playwright I believe she's yeah yeah she's a playwright Uh, it's not a play but it's a it kind of dives deep into a lot of the the impacts of that and I think they talk about medicine wheels in there as well excellent Um, so three very highly recommended from yours truly um, to to check out
1: I'm definitely gonna read those Those and I think they
0: made a movie out of monkey beach as well I don't know if it's good but uh, I think they have made a movie very cool it is, but yeah
1: and that's why books like these are are so important to to show you know first nations like culture and talent but also like i find that the the narrative even among well-meaning people is to present first nations people as oppressed you know it's the same with like black and brown people too we yeah. present them as oppressed and struggling But instead of doing that, I mean, we should recognize the struggle, but also highlight their strength, resilient, the the talent, you know,
0: Um,
1: the, uh, the, the courage and, and the amazing things that they're doing today, you know,
0: and like they live normal lives. A lot of them just live normal lives, but on a reserve or stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like some, it doesn't, it's not all gloom and doom all the time, you know? and I think that's that's missing a lot and I think you're really right in they like to present you know minority characters as Mm -hmm. oppressed Mm -hmm. like to gain sympathy maybe or whatever it may be but there's it, it feels disingenuous that way.
1: yeah yeah
0: um okay so with that the main topic I guess is done is there anything you'd like to to bring up before we move on to the lightning round
1: Well, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you've learned some and, uh, you know, step away with, um, you know, a bit more, a bit more understanding and and determination to, to better our country and our our communities. But yeah. yeah.
0: I definitely have after (laughs) this discussion. I definitely have. Yeah. Thank you all for, for listening. And now we dive, we dive into the lightning round. The lightning round time this is a bunch of we're gonna dive a little more personal stuff it's not like deep or anything like that it's just favorite this <laughs> favorite that awesome. uh, this or that you know um so first one is hazel yes cake or pie cake okay any, any particular any particular kind
1: uh i love me some chocolate cake I mean i do enjoy pie but cake is wonderful
0: yeah i i think i'm on i mean i i've i flip flop a lot myself oh yeah um (laughs) cats or dogs
1: cats dog dogs they they kind of scare me cats are yeah i would say cats i always as a a adults, i'm definitely a cat person
0: interesting that's very interesting. Yeah. Cause I've heard this uh, similar thing from some other <laughs> friends that as a kid it's dogs and then you grow up and it, it's cats. It's interesting. Um, what's your favorite movie? You can name a few if, if one is too hard because I know that one is very hard to, to pick.
1: I I don't know if you can hear me. I'm having I trouble hear you.
0: hearing you. Oh, you're having trouble hearing me?
1: Hmm.
0: Oh, can you hear can you hear me now
1: yes perfect
0: okay um the question is what is your favorite movie
1: favorite movie of all time i would say chronicles of narnia the lion the witch in the wardrobe i've Ooh. been obsessed with that yeah i've been obsessed with it since i was nine even before that the bbc version i loved and then in 2005 i didn't I, no, no, I was BBC. eight
0: they did yeah. a BBC version of The Lion, of Witch, in the Wardrobe?
1: Oh my god, you gotta see it. It's oh, hilarious. God. As an adult, it's hilariously bad and funny. It's not bad, okay. it's just corny. Um, and then when I was 8, 2005, December 2005, the Disney version came out, and I was absolutely obsessed. But it's okay. all on YouTube. Watch it on YouTube. It's I'm,
0: I'm funny gonna check and that good. out. That's really yeah. interesting. Um, what's your favorite TV show? Could be now or... Of all time, or whatever have you?
1: Um, I I'm right now rewatching The Office with my partner. But my okay. favorite, I would say, my favorite show would be The Good Place. It's so good. It's amazing. Good so idea. well done.
0: <laughs> I love all of these answers, Hazel. This makes me very happy. Um, are you talk or text?
1: Um, I would say. Both really. I love, I love hearing people's voices, but also if I receive like an affectionate message from a a friend or my partner or my family, Mm -hmm. I like, I like to read it again, you know, if I'm feeling down. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, it depends on the context, but if I had to choose one, probably text just because of that. But yeah.
0: Okay. Um, Inside or outside?
1: Outside hundred percent.
0: Okay. What's your favorite food?
1: Favorite food. I love a good steak frites.
0: Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I love pasta too, but I would have to say steak.
0: Okay. All right. Um, What's your favorite game? Could be board game, video game, you know, uh, game show if you want.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, Settlers of Catan is super cliche, but I love Catan. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay yeah yeah i mean i think that's the first time it's been said on the podcast so oh
1: okay cool yeah, yeah no. um we have like multiple expansions so we do kind of like an ultra mega katan yeah it's massive like it takes up an entire table
0: yeah i've only played it one time and i really liked it but it needs lots of people seemingly yeah. so
1: yeah
0: you know covet's not a great time for that if you don't have of a course. great a big family but uh um Earth, air, fire, or water? Oh,
1: that's a good one. I would say Earth. I love trees and flowers.
0: OK. Yeah. I like that. Um, uh, penultimate mm-hmm. question, who's your favorite musical artist or musical act? Oh,
1: good. Um, I, my favorite band is Walk Off the Earth um they're from burlington they're canadian and they're 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 unique and lots of fun um i i do i know i know you don't feel the same way but i do love me some adina manzel
0: yeah okay <laughs> i mean she's talented there's no denying she's talented she's just not my cup of tea. But that's yeah. fine yeah um that's great uh uh okay and now the final question mm-hmm. of the lightning round who inspires you?
1: Clara Hughes inspires me. Uh, Clara she, or? Yeah, Clara Hughes.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So she, fun fact, she is the, I, th- I believe she's the only Olympian to win multiple medals at both summer and winter Olympics.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She is the face of Bell. Let's Talk. Um and she competed um in various games, including the one in Vancouver. Um and and
0: speed skater.
1: Yes. So I short track speed skated when I was in primary school and high school and I competed. And I when I was at a skating competition, I watched her skate in the Torino, Italy Olympics and just fell in love with her as a person and as a as an athlete. And she is a passionate mental health advocate, as am I. And what's really cool is every single Instagram post she makes, writes the First Nations territory upon which she stands. Whether she's like, yeah, whether she's at a friend's house, hiking in a mountain, at her own house, she always puts it at the bottom, which I think is so important, you know, like with the land acknowledgement that we say at events and at schools and stuff. She she does it you know just in an Instagram post which is really really cool.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. She's for, she's from Winnipeg as well. Yes. Love that. Oh, that's so great. I'm gonna dive into her career because she looks like a very interesting person.
1: Yeah, she's incredible. I just read her memoir and it's amazing. She's such a phenomenal person.
0: That's crazy though. That's that's really awesome that she uh, competed in both uh, in both summer and winter and won.
1: Yeah. In both. Uh, she she won a gold in Torino, Italy, and silver and bronze in other Olympics.
0: Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, good damn, good for her. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, well then with that, that ends the lightning round. I do want to bring up one more thing, just to get your your thoughts on it. It should have been in the main topic portion, but it popped into my head just now. Yeah. Um, I want to know. I guess basically, if you remember the TV show TP Tales
1: tp tales no i'm not familiar with it it
0: was a canadian um tv program with uh i don't even know how to describe them it wasn't like it was kind of like puppets i think it was puppets of like indigenous uh people and they were just living their lives and stuff and uh there's one song about saskatoon berry pie and stuff i'll send you a photo of it sounds good uh Maybe I'll check it out. I don't remember. I don't know if it's any good. I was a kid when I watched it, so I have no idea <laughs> if if it's a good show or if it, you know, if it's accurate or or like well representative. But I loved it as a kid. That's all I know. Awesome. Um, but anyways, thank you Hazel for joining me for for talking about all these really important topics and uh, and diving into to all of it with me. Uh, this has been an absolute blast and a really uh uh information rich uh (laughs) discussion so i'm very thankful for that um yeah so thank you again for joining
1: thank you so much for having me
0: my absolute (laughs) pleasure i hope we can uh can keep in touch and and talk more uh indigenous first nations talk uh as 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 i eventually watch rutherford falls (laughs) yeah yeah me too hopefully (laughs) um But, yeah, other than that, thank you, everybody, for listening at home uh, or wherever you are, I guess, because phones are everywhere. Um, But, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Hazel, once again. And stay frosty, my friends. Goodbye. Say bye, Hazel. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cool Side of the Pillow podcast. If you like what you heard, tune in every Monday for all new episodes, and follow me on Instagram at TheCoolSideOf to keep up to date with what I've got going on. While you're at it, check out my website, TheCoolSideOf.com. Stay frosty, my friends.